Deconstruction has been a topic that we have been covering an awful lot, and it's needed. But there's another part and another side to that that we want to make sure we cover as well, and that's reconstruction. This week, Elaine and I share our heart moving forward about our conversations around reconstruction we will be having, especially going into the new year. Oh, and it's October, which means we're kicking off our series on Halloween. Yes, we dive a little bit into reconstruction around holiday beliefs as well. Even deeper than that, into what it means to reconstruct areas of reconstruction. And we talk about what's to come for the rest of the month. We have a lot planned. This episode, while being off the cusp, really hits home. We hope you enjoy. We are for the spiritual nomads, the outcasts, and the ones who desire to ask the hard questions. A shelter in the desert. A safe place to share our thoughts, our hopes, and our dreams. We are pursuing the truth, and we don't care about the answers. We invite you to come and sit at our table and be a part of our tribe. We are brave. We are bold. We are the Reckless Pursuit. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. My name is Cody. And my name is Elaine. And this is episode 85. And today, we are talking about a little bit of everything. Everything. Today is one of those days where we are in between two really big things. We just come out of talking about deconstruction and really going over that. And we're going into October. It is actually October now. Our favorite favorite time of year has begun. Yes. And with that, if you guys remember last year, how much we love talking about it, we are going to be talking about Halloween. But not just Halloween. We're talking about all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, Austin is planned to come back on the show and talk about uh, a plethora of things about how New Age beliefs and Christianity converge. We have some stuff planned out uh, where we're going to be discussing witchcraft and witches and what that looks like with Christianity and a bunch of other spooky things. So we have a bunch planned for October. It'll be fun. It'll be interesting. And uh, it'll be a very interesting dive into some some aspects of all kinds of things that most of us probably aren't that familiar with. So I look forward to bringing all of that. And uh, we're going to kind of kick off into that today a little bit, but really kind of what we're gearing towards as we go. And we just want to go ahead and share this with you all. We have some pretty awesome stuff scheduled for the upcoming uh, months leading out through the rest of the new year, through the Christmas season and into the new year. Some really uh, some topics we've talked about before, but we're really going to be pushing deeper into stuff like sexual abuse in church. We have some... Uh, some other podcast hosts are going to be hopping on and talking about a few different things and really just kind of turning over to this new direction we're really feeling passionate about focusing forward on, and that is reconstruction. Oh, and we also have an awesome episode planned out with Tracy on journaling for the new year. So it's going to be a good one leading into that. So we have a great rest of the year planned out, but really we are so excited about going into talking about reconstruction. I just kind of want to talk a little bit about that today and Uh, It's kind of funny because we're here in October, we're talking about spooky season, and I think a lot of people, whenever they walk away from a lot of their over-religiosity, they kind of come out of it, and things like Halloween aren't such a big deal anymore. They're not such a terrible thing to celebrate after all. So we're just going to kind of shoot the breeze a bit on that today. We're going to just tell you guys our hearts and where we're headed, 
and open up October with a bang, and I cannot wait for what this month holds. This will be a quick episode, and we're just going to run down a few things. But before we get to that, a few reminders. If you are not part of Nomads, what are you doing? You need to be part of Nomads. Go down there and click that link. Join our Facebook group. We would love to have you part of the conversation. I love the atmosphere over there. People are just so... It's it's amazing to see people have different points of view on things, to be at different places in life, yet come to mutual grounds on their own, not having to moderate it. They just It's just the culture of that environment. It's just so beautiful, and I love watching conversation happen over there. Which is very interesting because I feel like I've never really seen a whole lot of that. And by all means, that is not, like Cody said, we have little moderation and all of that stuff. So it's not something that we did, but like so many groups on Facebook or even places like Reddit and stuff, people and their differences, people are just so loud on the internet and so just broken and hurt and there's a lot of trolls and it's just, it can get so convoluted, especially whenever you're talking about, well, I don't know if I believe this way anymore. And then somebody feels attacked because they still believe that or all of this stuff. But I love our nomads group because I feel like none of that happens. There are so many like different disagreements and stuff over things. It's not like it's an echo chamber different where opinions, everyone, yeah. yeah, it's not like it's an e- echo chamber where everyone's just agreeing with everything. Um, but it's also not where like everyone's just super combative. People share their opinions and their experiences, and people are like, you know, that's a valid experience. I'm sorry you went through that this is my experience and it's different and that's okay. And it kind of just leaves it there. Yeah. So it's a great place and we would love to have you apart. Click that link in the show notes below and ask to join up. Also, whatever you're doing right now. Okay. If you're driving, don't stop what you're doing. But if you have a second, please go and click that rate button, go down there, leave us an honest review. It really helps people who are scrolling through iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to this to stop and realize what our show is about from someone else's perspective. So if you enjoy The Reckless Pursuit, please go over there and click that button and leave an honest review. So let's get right to today's topic on opening up October, a little bit of reconstruction and just uh, the holiday season altogether. It is October. My favorite time of the year. Yes. It is finally cooling down as of today here in Arkansas. It has been Mm -hmm. 100 degrees pretty much every day all through September, all the way into early October. And here we are finally. uh, The first week is just about gone, and Mm -hmm. it's finally cooling down. I mean, we went hiking today. I'm making pumpkin muffins, making pumpkin cookies tonight. Like, we are just decked out and ready for Halloween. Okay, so... Guys, you're not here for that, though. You're not here to hear a whole backstory. But uh, we're just going to kind of push today into deconstruction, and we're going to start talking about that. And the reason this has been on our hearts, I mean, it's been on our hearts for a little while, and and this is really the direction we're going to kind of start going. And we're still talking about deconstruction. We're still talking about all kind of stuff. But really, it's just it's the idea that when you focus on the negative, you manifest the negative. When you focus on the bad, you manifest the bad. We've all been through some traumatic, traumatic stuff. And that's okay. It's 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 not okay that it happened, but it's okay that we have those emotions, that we have that baggage. And there's a lot of people talking about deconstruction. I'm really, uh, you know, the more you get into it, the more you realize, like, there is a whole group of people out here talking about this. 
and it, it's very comforting. But the problem that I have seen with the word deconstruction particularly is it can kind of box us in. It can create an atmosphere where we're not able to get out of it, where it becomes this uh, almost like this its own, its own belief system in and of itself. Oh, I'm deconstructing, I'm deconstructing. When in reality, faith is growing. And there's a point where, yes, you have to deconstruct something, but the deconstruction process, it takes, it's, it's a... It's, it's a very volatile process. You know when you're going through it. The walls start falling down. You're knocking stuff over with a wrecking ball. You're busting out the walls. You know, you're tearing things back to the frame. And then begins reconstruction. I really just want to talk about how faith in general is growth. And faith is something that we, it may not look like what it always looked like to us. It may change. It may look different. But over time... Once you start, uh, once you get to the ground level, once you get back to the bare bones of it, you start putting things back on, and then it's a constant process, or it should be a constant process of refining, and that's spiritual growth. And I don't want any of us to get caught up in the idea of just tearing apart our faith, tearing apart our faith, without giving uh, consistent effort to building back up our faith. Now, don't get me wrong, deconstruction is needed. It's a very many, many, many of us have been through situations where deconstruction is very, very needed. But I just, I think there's beauty in coming out of that and understanding a new side of who God is, understanding more about God. Aileen, what is what is reconstruction to you? So I actually talked about this a little bit in our newsletter, I think two weeks ago. And you know, you and I had been having these conversations about deconstruction, reconstruction, and it really just reminded me of whenever you and I started building our house a couple years ago. And it just, the process of building and tearing down, you know, we had original plans that didn't make it through the aftermath of building the house. There was things that we added. There was things where we took away. We kind of changed up some of the dynamic of the foundations for some of the rooms and all that stuff. So to me, reconstruction is you think of a building and maybe an old building. So you go in and, you know, the deconstruction part is like, okay, well, this wall needs to be fixed or this foundation needs to be level again. But you don't live in an empty house forever. You, you know, whenever we moved into our house, it was half finished. Like we had one bathroom and one bedroom. And they were on completely separate floors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the first few months of our marriage, we, I guess, reconstructed the house or we finished building the house the way that we were comfortable with it and the way that it worked for us. And we're still, you know, several years later, we're still adding things. And I mean, what the very room that we are sitting in, we completely revamped this year because the process that we had in the past was no longer working for us, no longer working for our growth and maturity and where we were headed. For me, reconstruction is just a restoration period of like, okay, you know, I, I kind of got rid of some things and now I'm living in an empty house. Now I can start rebuilding. Now I can start adding rooms. Now I can start... I've already taken away the things that don't fit or that the things that don't work for me. I've already fixed up the walls and fixed up the roof and the foundation and all of that stuff. I'm grounded. I know uh, where my values and morals lie now. I I feel comfortable. And now I can start filling the rooms back up. 
Yeah, reconstruction is a beautiful thing. It's it's one of those moments where, you know, it's interesting. There's so many different things. Whenever you start deconstructing, just like to kind of carry over your analogy, all the different rooms of a different, you know, of a house, you have deconstructing prayer. You have deconstructing God as as a father figure, deconstructing uh, God's love, deconstruct, uh, deconstructing grace versus wrath. I mean, there it just goes on and on. There's so many different facets. And that's just to the religion side of it, too. Yeah, and that's just what the religion side. So I think that I really want to push into with this episode just what reconstruction has looked like for uh, both of us, Elaine, and just kind of some of those areas we have reconstructed. And since it's October, I'm going to start with this one. I used to have a really big phobia of dressing up. I had a big phobia of dressing up because I thought it was sinful to not be me, to try to like be something else. We talk about church masks. That's a sermon I heard a lot growing up. And I thought it was, uh, in my head, I thought it was not being true to who God made me. So I had a phobia of dressing up. When I was a little kid, sure, I would go trick-or-treating or whatever. My parents weren't the most religious people. They were spiritual, but they weren't the most religious people. I had to throw that little buzzword around, spiritual, but not religious. And, uh, you know, so I would do that when I was young. But as I got into, like, my teenage years, I had, like, an identity crisis, which was when I had my first kind of deconstruction. I was heavily involved in church, and this was kind of the period where I walked away from church for a minute. And I, I was just really, like, grounded in this, like, no, I can't. I can't dress up. I can't do anything for Halloween. I can't do this. I can't do that. That's not that's not appropriate. And then one day I was sitting there tearing apart everything that I once believed. I was mad at where I had, I had come from. I was just ready to change. And I realized like, hey, it's not being inauthentic to myself to wear a mask on Halloween or to have fun on Halloween. Like this isn't against God because my heart isn't against God. And I had this this is just kind of like a very vague thing, right? But like, it's it, I had this moment of like, oh, wait, that's not sinful. That's not bad. And it seems silly. It seems silly to me now, but that was a serious thing for me at that point in my life as a, as a uh, you know, I guess like mid-teen, 16-year-old guy. I had this identity crisis, and then I realized my identity was deeper. My identity in Christ was deeper than just that outside perspective of me. And now I have masks hanging all over my wall, and I love making masks. And it's like one we of my, make all of our one Halloween of my favorite costumes. pastimes. Yeah. We make our Halloween costumes pretty much from scratch. We go to Comic-Con. <laughs> yes. So that's just a silly thing, right? Just to kind of like tie it into the whole October Halloween stuff that is to come as we move forward in the spooky month. But uh, something else that I have really been recently to kind of bring it home you know, Elaine and I haven't really been going through like, say, deconstruction, but we've been in a constant state of reconstruction or remodeling. But something that I have personally been reconstructing, something I realized I wasn't doing much, uh, is prayer. And like, kind of let me give a little bit of precursor. Whenever I worked in church, I always remember getting so tired of just working in church because I never felt like I got to actually experience God. I feel like I was burning both ends of the candle. I feel like I was just going at it. But I never had an authentic experience between me and God. And there's a big difference in having a relationship with God and working for God. There's, just, there's, there's a big difference in having a relationship with your, uh, you know, your supervisor, like being friends with your supervisor versus just working for your supervisor. Like there's a difference. And kind of coming out of that, on the other side, we've been out of, you know, full-time ministry and working in church and all that stuff for quite a while now. And I was realizing we talk on this podcast all the time about 
about God, but how often do I talk to God? And so I understand a lot of people come out of Reconstruction and prayer looks completely different, and I was having to kind of learn that too. And so something lately I have been having to do is really press back into prayer. And this kind of started, we were talking with my cousin not too long ago at his house, and he was just really pushing into prayer himself, and that was a place in his life he was really needing that. And I just realized, like, man, I haven't prayed in a while. I haven't been praying in a while. And so I've been trying lately to just incorporate prayer back into my life, but not prayer like it used to be. It's not the prayer like it used to be. And I'm ne- I'm not saying that I've ever been one for like, oh, how great thou art, holy father type prayers. But like I knew how to pray according to the church. Like I used to lead prayer at church all the time. Like I was a worship pastor, so I would be kind of going in and out of prayer and stuff during worship. Like I knew what to say to make people engaged. Like I'm just, I'm being honest. I knew what to say. But I'm kind of having to strip that back and just go, God, I don't know what to say. And right now, prayer for me, in a lot of ways, looks kind of more like manifestation and kind of more a little more new agey than it used to look. Prayer for me, a lot of times, means sitting, meditating, imagining God drawing closer to me, imagining his, his energy, imagining me get on his wavelength, right? Like, I'm literally like, okay, I'm going to slow my breath down. I'm going to to space out my breath, and I'm going to just imagine me getting in sync with God, syncing up with Him. And so that that is prayer, and I'm just like, God, I'm open. That's a big thing that I've been doing right now. Used to, my idea was, of prayer was just like, oh God, this is what's going on in my life, and I need this, and I want that, and God, like, I love you, show up in this way, manifest in your presence, yada, yada, yada. Like, this, this I didn't know how to shut up. And now a lot of times my prayer is just, God, I'm open to hear you today. I'm just going to be in a state of prayer all day. I'm just in little moments. It's not even like me talking to God in sometimes. It's just like being aware of God around me as I'm walking through the woods like we were hiking today. I don't know what part of the clip I'm going to be putting this on YouTube, but like we got uh, some serious like hiking hair and we're in our gym clothes right now. So just, you know, we came in here, we started recording. So I just, I've had these moments where I'm just like, you know, like, wow, God's all around me. Right now, God is around me. I don't have to try to reach out in some weird way. I don't have to start it a certain way. I'm just like, he's here. And that is prayer, just the acknowledgement. And it's just like, sometimes whenever you just acknowledge someone else's presence, it makes their day. That's exactly how it is with me and God right now. I just acknowledge his presence and he acknowledges me. Elaine, what's something you have deconstructed in the past and are now in the process or have been in the process of reconstructing? I know a few years ago, I was very interested in yoga and meditation, but I didn't necessarily know what that looked like. And I remember talking with some people, and this is like before the whole holy yoga scene kind of came up or at least was prevalent. And I remember people warning me of like, okay, well, don't worship the sun. Like, be careful of how many doors you're opening or what you're opening yourself up to being susceptible to. And I was just like, I mean, even at the time, I was just like, okay, that's stupid for me. I'm like, I'm not going to worship the moon or the sun. Like for, like, I, I recognize that. I don't know how a, a yoga pose could open a door, but even more so now, specifically with the meditation side, I'm like, kind of what you were saying, just kind of 
being aware of God and really opening up. And even if it's just like your prayer for that day is God, I'm open and I'm, I want to hear from you. And then that's it. You don't have to pray for an hour unless you want to and feel compelled to. But even if it's just, Hey God, like I acknowledge your existence today. You are with me, guiding me. Let's do this thing. And then that's it. And then you're just open and just manifesting exactly what it is that you um, are wanting to be more a part of. And so that's that's something that I'm also kind of exploring more and kind of um, diving into more, not necessarily the yoga aspect of it, though I'm open to that too. I just haven't like actually sat down and tried yoga, but specifically for the meditation, you know, every morning I try to write in my journal, I have a specific method that I write in my journal and I try to just sit in um, reflection and just writing down the things that I am speaking existence to, into and speaking life into and and the not just writing down goals of, oh, I wish I could do this or one day I'm going to be this. It's like I already am this and already speaking as if it's already happened um, because it helps me like be in the mindset of that. And so just again, the big three things all kind of tying into each other is mindset, meditation, manifestation, and just all what that entails. And like I said, I remember people warning me of like, whenever you open your mind, you're opening doors or whenever you are doing yoga, um, be careful of how you represent it and be completely centered on God when you do this stuff. And I used to think manifestation was a very creepy word until I actually understood that we have the power, like God gave us power to speak life and or death into existence. Yeah, life and death is the power of the tongue. Yeah, and just really understanding the power of our words and our thoughts and just how powerful that can be in either a positive way or a negative way. And so just really understanding like my thoughts and my actions and the way I talk and just being very mindful of that. And I used to, I guess, not really pay attention that much um, to my thoughts or to like what I was speaking out into the world. And I wouldn't say I've been a negative person my entire life or anything like that. Like I try to be positive and optimistic, but just really something that I've really been exploring. And so I don't know if that's necessarily reconstruction, but maybe it is because I'm finding the way that I know how to speak with God or the language that God speaks through me or to me and just really exploring that. And so for me, that would be my reconstruction is going from, well, I don't know what this looks like or thinking that there was only one way of talking to God, like you said, through a specific prayer that you learned in church to just having a specific language that works for you and the way that that works for you and God. Well, and I think that's actually a valid point because I think that's a good point to know the difference in D and reconstruction of where's the dividing line? Well, whenever you're D something, when you're D something, you're destroying, deconstruction, you're, you know, depacking, unpacking, whatever it is, it gets messy. And you'll know it gets messy and it gets confusing and it just all becomes a jumbled mess. But when it starts to make sense, That is reconstruction. And everyone's reconstruction looks a little bit different, right? Some of us are here listening to this and are all on board because we have reconstructed to some form and understanding of God. Some people have reconstructed to something that doesn't look like Christianity. And that's their walk. That is their journey. But 
something that I think that is interesting about reconstruction specifically and what you were saying, Elaine, is that like when you start sorting those things out, you can have one person over here who now believes this aspect of God and now has this as new aspect of God. And this other person over here may have a different view. But when you come out of a form of serious deconstruction, I think it's beautiful how patient you are with other people's views because you realize that there is so much more to God than we are able to comprehend. And if someone needs a stricter, more harsh God to feel love, while I don't believe that is true freedom, I believe there's freedom outside of that. I, I believe that God is more free than that, right? But I don't want to try to preach at them for where they're at. Whenever they start having a crisis of faith, then I'm going to be there for them. But in the meantime, it's not my job to convince them differently. Sure, I will try to show them a loving God because I think God is love. But at the same time, it's not me to sit there and tell them, oh, you're believing wrong. You're believing wrong. Because I've been there. I was there. I have been that person that thought all the crazy things about God, about how stern he is and about how uh, I was, you know, my group of people was the only ones that had it right, et cetera, et cetera. And some of the things that I really want to bring up throughout the month of October is really kind of diving into some of these other belief systems that seem contradictive to Christianity. And if you listen to my other podcast, Itinerant, uh, you can find it in the show notes below. I deal a lot with this. This is one of my most interesting things I talk about is how so many different religions draw from so many other religions. You know, I had a whole debate. I haven't even went back and read it, but I'm talking 20 to 30 comments deep at this point on a Facebook status I have about the origins of witchcraft and, and how I got confused in with like Kabbalistic Judaism and like how all these different things like kind of splintered off in these factions and like it's all more connected than we think. And that is because everyone's seeking after after the divine, after God. You know, I was talking with someone the other day over uh, over coffee and just hearing him pour out his heart to me and some of his views. I'm like, man, we don't believe that different. You worded a little different than I do but we're both seeking after the same thing. And that's just the beauty of reconstruction is coming to this understanding of showing God's love is so much easier than we make it out to be. And I don't want anyone to feel like they're caught in a vortex of constantly having to be combative. And I've seen it. I've seen it online. I've seen it with some folks. And this is actually one of the big things that kind of spurred up the idea of like, hey, we need to be pushing into talking about the positivity of like, whenever you start tearing stuff apart, it's easy to get in the habit of just tearing things apart. It makes us very cautious to trust. It makes us very cautious to listen. We start questioning everything. And while that's good, it gives us this mentality that not only are we to question everything, we're also not to trust anything. And we lose our landing. We're just constantly in this circle pattern. We never have a spot to land. And this just brings me back to a conversation we had with Paul Angoni. Like, I don't even remember what episode that was, but... It was a great conversation, and one of the things he said that really stuck out to me was, it's great to adventure, but just always make sure you have an anchor. Always make sure you have a breadcrumb trail, however you want to describe it. Make sure that if you need to find your way out of, if you don't find the heaven you were looking for out in the weeds, that you can make it back to safety and not get lost out in the forest. And that is just, that is the epitome of, what happens with deconstruction whenever we don't have that trail? We get lost out in the forest and we, we start to kind of adapt this new way of it's, it becomes survival instead of thrive. 
and and survive over thrive is never a way to live god calls us called us to thrive we're not meant to just survive and so if you're in a pattern of deconstruction right now, i get it i've been there i have lost all trust and not wanted to trust anyone or anything or any like i never i didn't want to have anything to do with anything and i couldn't figure out what i wanted in life or where i was going to land or what i was going to land on because nothing i i couldn't give anything a chance but i just want to tell you this or I want to uh, encourage you to this, if anything. It's okay to give something a chance. You don't have to open yourself all the way open to it, but open yourself up to the divine, and he will show you. He will give you guidance, and he will show you, hey, here's somewhere you can land, or at least give you enough rest to figure out who you are. And I think it's the other beautiful thing about all of this is God is found in both. He's found in the deconstruction and the reconstruction because that's faith. It's a constant cycle. We're constantly maintaining our house. We're constantly adding and upgrading. Like, you know, any homeowner, what do they do whenever the room starts to get too cluttered? They clean it out. That's how we're supposed to be with our faith. Oh, well, where do we pick that up along the way? Okay, we got to get rid of that, get back to God. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's a little weird. This wall color is a little antiquated. We got to we got to update a little bit to bring us back to God. It's always constantly cleaning, dusting, renewing to bring us back to God. And God is in all of that. And God is with us in all of that. And it goes back to that Bible verse that I love so much, be patient with those who doubt. God is found in those questions and he is found in that journey of D and reconstruction. And he is constantly present even when we don't even know if we believe he's there or not. And that's the beauty of God. He's so much bigger than any question, and he's so much bigger than any of our our prepackaged doctrines or anything like that. And his love just covers all. The important thing to remember is that one, we are all on a spiritual journey, and that may look different than the person sitting next to you. That may look different even from your spouse or your children or your parents or boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. And that's okay because they're on their spiritual journey too. What Cody was saying about how we're actually a lot more connected than we realize is that, yeah, everyone is on their spiritual journey, but everyone is at different parts of their spiritual journey. You can't expect somebody to be going through the exact same thing, or even if they are going through this same a, a similar experience, you can't expect them to react the same way you would react or think the way that you would think about the situation. And the important thing to remember is just that everyone is on a spiritual journey and wherever you are currently at you are there on purpose and that is part of your story but you don't have to stay where you're at if anything is unsettling to you if things start you know kind of caving in or your foundation is like you know i i don't know if i believe in this or you know i've been questioning this thing and i finally come to a conclusion that works for me that's fine you know, we're all links in the same chain. We're all on that spiritual journey, but it doesn't look the same for everyone, and that's okay. And something I want to say before we just kind of wrap up this this conversation, I want to talk specifically to the kind of like 18 to 30 crowd, right? The people who are either like going into college, in college, or into their like kind of start of their career. People where Elaine and I are at. Guys, it's okay to have questions and doubts. It's okay to not know all the answers. And it's okay. Like, we're not the generation that so many people think we are. We're not 
this generation of careless people. I see the work that we're doing out there and the change we're trying to make and the positive growth and just realize that that doesn't happen overnight. And you're not out there to try to change anyone's perspectives because God doesn't care what someone else thinks about you. So why should you? It's not, it doesn't matter what another generation thinks about us. It doesn't matter what another group of people think about you. What matters is your journey and your journey matters and it is important. And that is just the epitome. And I just say this specifically to us. We're a generation that feels like we're being forced into college and then we get out of college and we just have debt and we can't find the job of our dreams, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we've been told our whole life, just go bust your butt for a company and and do everything you can and hopefully they don't fire you along the way. And when you're 65, you can retire and live the last 10 or 15 years of your life uh, not having to do anything. And all of us are looking at all this like American dream, like this is bull. This is absolute crap. We don't want this. Uh, we go through crisis of faith because we're told that God is supposed to be this loving God, yet the church shows hatred, that they show this exclusive mentality and that Muslims are bad and people of the LGBTQ plus community are bad and all these people are labeled bad, bad, bad. And you have black churches and white churches who can't get along, and you which is ridiculous, the segregation within even denominations in certain groups in certain places. And you have one denomination that says this, the other denomination says this, and they're both saying they're the only ones going to heaven. And we're just over here like, this is just garbage. I hear you and I get it. It is. But don't let that discourage you. Don't let that be the thing that pushes you away from seeking after what God has for you because it's so much bigger and so much greater than any of that. And let me tell you, all that isn't real anyway. That's just the crap. That's just the, that's just the wasted time, wasted effort junk. But whenever you start getting real with your questions and you start being honest with God, like, hey, I don't even know if you're there. I don't even know if I'm talking to a real thing right now. I don't even know what I believe anymore. That's where true growth happens. So do not shy away from that. If you're in a, in a place where you're like, oh, I'm scared to really do that. I, you know, I've kind of grown up in this church and that's going to look bad on me. Or I've kind of grown up with this political belief and that's going to look bad on me. Or I've grown up believing this about a certain other group of people. And, you know, I'm really going to feel outcast if I start changing that. Change it. Change it and do what you feel that, you know, the Holy Spirit is imparting into you. Do what you feel God is leading you to do. Even if you don't even understand it's God, you know what I'm talking about. That tug at your heart that says this is the direction you're going to go. Because the only regret you can ever have in life is being untrue to who you were created to be. So that's my thing. And I guess we can just kind of end with this question right here. What area have you been in a holding pattern on? What area of your life have you been in a holding pattern and did not know where to land? And I just want to kind of think, it can be rhetorical, but just kind of think on that. What areas right now have I been in a holding pattern? For me, it was prayer. And to go a little deeper than that, maybe it wasn't just prayer. Maybe it was, well, does God even hear my prayers? So what's the use? Or uh, is God even there to hear my prayers? You know, like it goes deeper than just those. Just let it dig, dig deep on it. Just let it, let it kind of soak in and just kind of unpack all of that because that's where spiritual growth happens. We're here for you guys and we love you. We would love for you to be a part of Nomad so we can keep the conversation going. It's a completely free community uh, and it's just it's a safe place for you to come and express your questions, express what you're going through. So click that link below and ask to be a part. If this really just spoke to you or you know someone this would speak to, we ask you share it on with a friend. That's the best way to keep any conversation going. Uh, and so 
word of mouth is by far the biggest way to keep a conversation going. It's It doesn't happen through social media posts or anything like that. It happens from actual communication between two people. And so we appreciate that so much. Guys, we love you. We're here for you. And as always, be brave. Be bold. And be reckless. We'll, we'll talk, talk soon. soon.